Sonny Dykes is not sitting on his hands after a five and seven season. The Frogs have a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail. Four transfer commitments and a high school commit over the weekend. Five total. And according to Coach Dykes on Twitter, there's more to come. What have they done? We break it all down next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's late on a Sunday night. Grab a drink, sit down on the couch, relax. I wanted to go live today. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Horn Fox. You can also find us for free and available wherever it is you get your podcast in its audio form, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever the case may be. I'm going live because there's been so much exciting news with TCU this weekend. I signed off on Friday afternoon, and at the time I mentioned some players that TCU had visiting over the weekend. Uh, Eric McAllister, the Boise State wide receiver, Drake Dabney, the Baylor tight end. And I thought maybe we'd have one commit, possibly two. The McAllister situation seemed like it was impending and had been since he hit the portal before the season ended there at Boise State. But TCU just had an incredible week on the recruiting trail. Four players out of the transfer portal. They also flipped a high school player as well who's committed to Wyoming. And the most exciting thing about it, according to Sonny Dykes, He's been doing this all weekend long. He's been tweeting out frog emojis. Every time they get a commit, he's been tweeting out frog emojis. We're up to eight. We got eight frog emojis out there. We also have a player in Jonathan Bax who had entered the transfer portal and is now coming back. So much news to get to. Let's break it all down. And we'll start with Eric McAllister, the Boise State wide receiver. Can't really call him that anymore. He is now a TCU wide receiver, or at least committed to being a TCU wide receiver. And if you haven't listened to the show over the last few weeks, Cliff Notes version of Eric McAllister and who he is. Receiver at Boise State. Had a really great season the past year. 873 yards on 47 receptions and five touchdowns. Had some huge games, 160 yards against a really good Wyoming defense um, that was competitive against Texas that beat Texas Tech earlier this year. Also had 143 against North Dakota. Um, 170 against San Jose State. So you get the picture. Explosive player, really great season. Um, and Jeremy Clark has been on the story from Horn Frog Blitz, 247 affiliate for TCU. He's been on it from the beginning. Erickson, a, a kid from Azle, Texas. He's local, right? And it seemed like from the moment he hit the portal, which he actually um, hit the portal a little bit earlier, or at least announced his intention to enter the portal, because he shut down a season after Andy Avalos got let go, uh, the Boise State former Boise State football coach, who, funny enough, is now the D.C. at TCU. But anyway, he'd been linked to TCU for a long time. He made a visit this weekend and officially committed. And with Eric, you're getting an experienced player who's played a lot of snaps at the G5 level, incredible production this past year, uh, someone who's a threat in the vertical passing game, really good size. Uh, you would think he could be on the other side of Savion Williams at 6'4", 200 pounds, and be a threat in one-on-one situations. And when I was talking about the potential of him committing, one thing I mentioned was it would be really great to get somebody in the fold who is a threat in the downfield passing game because that was something that was really missing regardless of who the quarterback was this past season. And part of it was the offensive line. You know, if you're going to run long developing routes, if you're going to run plays that take time, you have to have that time in the pocket 
Uh, and oftentimes you need a clean pocket or preferably you're going to have a clean pocket where the QB can go through their footwork, go through the progressions. And a lot of those are timing routes as well. So you have to get synced up and TCU could never seem to do that. Got some momentum with it with Savion Williams later in the year, but didn't fully click like you would want it to. So now you have a player who can do that with Eric McAllister. He joins a really good receiving room. Uh, Braylon James, young player from Notre Dame that TCU also got committed out of the transfer portal. So two transfer wide receivers. Uh, and you got some experienced players like Savion Williams coming back, J.P. Richardson. McAllister seems like a perfect fit for this offense. Really good get by Sonny Dykes and company as they try to improve this offense and get it to a more consistent level going into year two of the Kendall Browse experience. Typically with the transfer portal, there's some sort of question that comes along or some sort of caveat with the player that you land because there's a reason they're in the portal, right? Uh, you know, maybe didn't get a lot of playing time at their last school, uh, lost their job at their last school, had an injury history, whatever the case may be. It's it's rare that you just get plug-and-play player X. Okay, Sam Hartman's a good example of that. Had an outstanding career at Wake Forest, decides to move on somewhere else, lands at Notre Dame, he fits in perfectly, no real hiccups. I think Dylan Gabriel at Oregon is going to be great right? A lot of experience as a college quarterback. I imagine he'll get there. He'll pick up the system quickly. It'll be fantastic. I think Eric McAllister is that type of player here for TCU. Yes, he did this. He, he had this production, made these plays in the Mountain West. Um, but I mean, this is a very experienced player that I think is going to be able to understand this offense quickly, get in the room, get his responsibilities down and go out and, and make things happen. Um, and with some really productive players coming back, having McAllister in the fold is a huge plus because there's another guy who can threaten the defense, and so you don't have the defense just honing in on one person. Really nice pickup by the TCU Horn Frogs. So that was that was the first commit. Now, I'm not going in chronological order of when these guys committed, but I wanted to talk about to, what to me is the biggest commitment of the weekend. Just from a need standpoint, from a we have to get better at this position group. And here's a guy who can, you know, fingers crossed, just make a big time impact right away. Um, and this one also kind of came out of nowhere, for me at least. Hadn't heard a lot of chatter about this player or him being really linked to TCU. Bless Harris from Florida State. Fantastic name. Great name there. Bless Harris, left tackle from Florida State is now a TCU Horn Frog. He also committed over the weekend. Um, now, if you're wondering, hey, Florida State, they had a really good season. Probably should have been in the college football playoff. Why is he moving on? Here's the one kind of caveat with Harris. He's dealt with injuries. Okay, in 2022, he actually started the season as Florida State's left tackle. He was the day one starter there. Um, well, he ends up getting an injury in game one against Duquesne. He misses the rest of the year. But in 2023, he returned, and he appeared in 11 of 13 games, made five starts, still dealt with some injuries, but was really effective when he was on the field. According to Pro Football Focus, did not allow a sack this year, which, man, that's absolutely fantastic, right? That's what you want out of your pass protection. Um, really good size, 6'5", 326 pounds, moves well for his size. And, I mean, was 
It wasn't a starter each and every week for this Florida State team, but was a big-time contributor who played a lot of snaps for a Florida State team that went 13-0 and and probably should have been in the college football playoff. And, I mean, I think as of now, he is your starting left tackle. Um, I think TCU should probably go get one more tackle in the portal, but they've made an emphasis to get this offensive line better, and now you have a guy with great size who you can, you know, put on the line that can protect Josh Hoover's blind side and has done a great job, especially in pass pro through the years. So big time pickup there. He'll join Carson Bruno uh, who played tackle at Louisiana tech. I know there's been some talk about position flex with him, maybe sliding him inside. And then also Cade Bennett from San Diego state. One thing I've noticed about these three offensive linemen, I talked about this on Twitter over the weekend. All of them have graded out really well in pass protection. And interestingly enough, uh, significantly better in pass pro than in run blocking, which I don't have a great feel for what that means. But here's here's my theory right now. I think that TCU might be getting ready to let Josh Hoover sling the ball around this year. When they were at their best last year with Hoover at the helm, it was a bunch of air raid concepts. You think about the BYU game where they scored over 40 points and just obliterated the Cougars. He threw the ball over 60 times. Now, I don't think that's going to happen each and every week. I still think the offense is at its best if there's a balance. However, Amani Bailey has announced he's going to the NFL draft. Um, you're going to have a young running back room. Maybe, at the very least, probably unproven guys in the running back room. think Cam Cook could be really good, but hasn't done it at this level. And then, you know, we kind of know the story with Trey Sanders. has dealt with some injuries. We'll see what his availability is. Um, I would really, I'd like to see Trent Battle get some more carries, but that hasn't come to fruition yet. Bottom line is, it seems like you're going to have a quarterback that's got some experience under his belt now, a, a really talented and experienced receiver room, and an O line that is at its best when it's in pass sets, when using their footwork and their athleticism, you know, in the quick passing game and the screen game, and setting up a clean pocket for the quarterback. So lean into that, right? Like don't try to force a square peg into a round hole. If you can't run the ball well, don't get married to that. And, I mean, we, we saw that, I think, almost to a fault at times with Kendall in the red zone and short yard situations this past year. Um, but don't get locked in on having to run the football effectively if that's not something that you can do well. So that was just something that I've noticed. But I, I love what they're doing on the O-line. You're losing four starters. You don't have experienced guys in the building. Uh, it's not necessarily ideal that you have to go in the portal and land three or four players that can either be rotation guys or can be an immediate starters for you, but it's the situation you're in. And so much of the issues on offense last year were due to the fact that you couldn't stay ahead of the change. You couldn't stay on schedule. You really struggled on first and second down. You're frequently in third and long frequently in obvious passing situations. And a lot of that was because you just weren't great up front. You didn't have a lot of continuity. You didn't have five guys to get it done. So you have to get better. And it, it feels like they're making a concerted effort to do that. I would like to see one more tackle out of the portal. Now, Bradley Kernshaw Dixon, who they also brought in for a visit from San Diego State, uh, he committed to Florida today. So he's off the board. I know they're working on some different guys, working on some draw opportunities. I know Mike Nichols has played some, and maybe he's on the other side of Bless Harris as your other tackle. Uh, I would love to see Tommy Brockermeyer be healthy and be a contributor. It's, it seems like a big ass, though, for a guy that's dealt with injuries his whole career, coming off a back injury, to step in day one and be a dude. So 
I would love to see either a, a day, you know, another day one starter at that tackle spot, or at least somebody who you think, okay, they can come in and compete and push the guys that are already here. Um, and if they do that, I mean, I like how this is setting up. Bless Harris, uh, maybe Carson Bruno, Colton Deary, Cade Bennett, player X, you know, plug in Mike Nichols, maybe transfer, offensive tackle, uh, whatever the case may be. I, I love the direction this is going. And I really like what Sonny Dykes is doing. Two more transfer commits to talk to or talk about, excuse me. We'll also break down uh, what's behind this sense of urgency. And I've, I've seen some theories floated out that I want to talk about. And then finally, uh, Johnson Bax is still in the fold. He has uh, withdrawn his name from the transfer portal, according to reports, and the outside linebacker slash edge player that TCU had as part of their 2023 class is back. All that coming up here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. You can't mess around with the O-line. You have to be good up front, and you have to be your vehicle has to be running effectively. Like It's not a place where you can cut corners to take shortcuts ebaymotors.com is where you need to go. And you might say, well, I cut corners that shortcuts because I want to, you know, I want to make sure that um, I'm doing the right things. I want to make sure that uh, I'm saving my money. Well, eBay Motors can still do that for you. Passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit, remember, is only available for U.S. customers. Continuing to talk about a huge weekend from a recruiting standpoint for TCU football. Uh, here was a strange one. or Not a strange one because we talked about this player visiting on Friday, but just there, there's no better example of what a weird world we live in with college football now and just college sports in general. Drake Dabney, tied in for Baylor, is now at TCU Ornfrog, much to the chagrin of many Baylor players uh, or Baylor supporters on you know social media. Uh, Dabney had a big year last season: thirty-three receptions, five hundred fifty-two yards, five touchdowns. Here's your Jared Wiley replacement. You know you need somebody who can make plays over the middle of the field. You need somebody who can go down the seam and catch the deep ball. I think Dabney is actually more athletic and better after he catches the ball and with the ball in his hands than Wiley is. Um, I haven't done enough studying yet or enough breakdown of all his tape to see like if he's as physical. Jared was really physical for his size and was a great inline blocker, had a great attitude about him. Um, but again, a position of need because at the moment, you know, or before this happened, you had DeAndre Rogers there uh, possibly, you know, Carry at Laf or Lafayette, Lafayette Caraway, um, who will be a sophomore, but I think he dealt with injuries this past year, so he wasn't even really that active in practice. So, but you know, you need you need somebody with experience at this position. And Dabney makes a lot of sense. Huge year at Baylor, five touchdowns. Um, it's just funny. And Trey Richardson did this. He came over from Baylor to TCU, and his uh, career was fantastic. Had an incredible performance in the Fayetteville Regional against Arkansas. Um, 
sorry to my buddy Drake Toll for bringing that up. And also, uh, I think Drake Toll might be watching us. I saw a comment from Locked On Big 12. Appreciate it, Drake. And Jaden Owens uh, on the TCU women's basketball team. She also made the move from Baylor to TCU. Uh, but it, it's just odd, right? Like Drake Dabney is now the – maybe we can call the Blue Bonnet Bowl the Drake Dabney Invitational because it's a player who's played on both teams. But I'm really happy that he's here because um, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can come in and start right away. And, again, another pass-catching weapon for Josh Hoover and company and an offense that looks like it is set up to sling the ball around and make things happen all over the field in the passing game, which is super exciting. You have McAllister to the outside. Um, you got JPR and JoJo Earl, you know, kind of commanding the slot. Maybe Braylon James cracks the rotation as well as an outside receiver. Savion Williams is going to be a starter again. And now you have a big-time pass catcher at tight end um, who can open up that aspect of the field as well. So really good get by Kendall Browse and Sonny Dykes and the staff as they continue to stack talent and add talent. So offensively, this weekend you land Eric McAllister, Bless Harris and Drake Dabney. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Cooper McDonald, uh, defensive end slash linebacker from San Diego State, had 19 tackles and one and a half sacks in 2023. For his career at San Diego State, had four and a half sacks and 64 tackles. Um, also had five passes defended. So they used him in multiple ways there when he was with the Aztecs. And then he started his career actually at Washington. So spent a couple of years there at Washington in 2020 and 2021 and played sparingly before moving down the, the West Coast to San Diego State. So here's the exciting thing about Cooper McDonald. He joins his former teammate, Cade Bennett, in Fort Worth. Um, he It feels like he is the prototypical player for Andy Avalos in this stud linebacker position and this new look 335 scheme that Avalos brings to the table, which we've talked about is more aggressive, more multiple than what Joe Gillespie was doing. Because really, you have two kind of stand-up edge guys or outside linebackers. And so there's some five-man fronts. There's some four-man fronts. There's even times where he's only got one or two people with their hand actually on the ground, but he has players that are threatening the different gaps of the offensive line, either coming with pressure or simulating pressure, and you're attempting to confuse the quarterback. Um, for McDonald's standpoint, though, he played an edge rusher role at San Diego State. He's 6'5", 250 pounds, so he sort of fits the prototype for what you want in a stand-up rush end who can also drop in coverage if he needs to, cover the flats, deal with a running back leaking out and not just get completely torched, play some zone, knock some people around over the middle. Um, and I don't really think TCU had anybody on the roster as it was currently constructed that fit that mold. I saw some uh, some people throw out the idea of, well, maybe Johnny Hodges could do that. And Johnny has been an effective pass rusher in the past, but it's always been from that inside linebacker position. I can't remember a time where he was ever really lined up in an edge spot. And it's such a different skill set when you're coming on a straight blitz or a delayed blitz as opposed to, okay, I'm rushing the passer for the majority of the game. Um, this tackle that I'm going against in a one-on-one situation is getting a feel for what moves I have, what my skill set is. So I not only have to have a, a base you know, move of like a, a bull rush and spin moves and that kind of thing, I also have to have counters. I have to keep this person on their toes. I have to attack you know, the pass sets. I have to find the weaknesses and when they open up their hips and open up their footwork 
and find ways to win these battles one-on-one. So McDonald has experience in doing that. Another big piece of this defense that uh, landed over the weekend is TCU was able to get Jonathan Bax back in the fold. So Jonathan Bax uh, and Rondon Fontenet both entered the portal on the same day. Fontenet ends up signing with Vandy or committing to Vandy, and I'll expect he'll sign here in a few days. Um, and Bax entered the portal as well. His name came up a lot in fall camp. They really liked what he could do rushing the passer. Uh, in the end, didn't really play a lot this past season. And, you know, I saw his offer list, Law Tech and other teams were involved. But the bottom line is TC was able to convince him to stick around. Uh, and this is really exciting because he's another guy that fits that prototypical kind of type of edge rusher position, um, stud linebacker, stand-up defensive end type that Andy Avalos wants in this defense. Can't really overstate what that means. Even though Bax wasn't a guy that played a lot this past year, and I don't think you would you, you wouldn't be replacing production, but there's just not a lot of guys on the roster who can fill this specific role that's coming to the team. Um and Bax seems to fit it really well. So good move there of the coaching staff convincing him to stick around. I would hope and think that they maybe bring one more player in who kind of fits this position. Um, because again, I'm just not sure who you move over naturally to that spot where it makes sense. And if you have three guys who at least can kind of push each other and get snaps, um, then I think you feel pretty good about where you're at in, in the future of what you can build over the next few seasons. So that's four transfer commits, uh, a lot of, a lot going on with TCU. Did not making a bowl game actually help the Frogs? We'll talk about that more next here in Lockdown Horn Frogs. So I saw this theory floated out a couple times this weekend. And in, to, in today's world of college football, where so much is happening in the portal, and, I mean, you can't escape it. Everybody's team building by using the transfer portal, trying to find guys that can fit the roster. Is it better? Is it better for your recruiting? Instead of going six and six and making a lower tier bowl game, is it a better deal if you uh, go five and seven and miss the bowl game and you have more time to plan out this part of the year? And the argument is, you know, if TCU is playing like Texas Tech played on Saturday against Cal and they get a nice win and it's a nice way to end your season. But on the other hand, TCU was able to host a lot of potential transfer commits this weekend. And they got a bunch of commits. And the transfer visiting window is so small, like a dead period starts on Monday, that oftentimes if you're able to get these guys in-house, you can kind of quickly get a decision from them because they want to make this decision to move on and know what their next step is. Now, I'm still of the thought and of the mind that ending the season with a bowl game, especially if you can win your bowl game, is a big deal. I think it's good momentum building for the program. I don't know how much you know, the extra practices are helpful. I think it's certainly helpful for your your young guys. I feel like bowl games can be a good showcase for players or an opportunity for some guys that maybe didn't get consistent playing time during the year to splash and show, hey, you know, we can play at a high level. We can do this. We can be the future of TCU or whatever program it is moving forward. But I do think there's something to be said about the timing of – 
getting guys in house and being able to host them and convince them to stay. I would also say this. I don't really think it's so much about the time as it is. If you go six and six, maybe coaches don't think this way, but I think from a fan perspective, there can be this temptation to be like, well, you know, all right, at least we made the postseason. We sort of rally at the end. Um, possibly things are not as bad as we think. Maybe we can just kind of go back into it next year. Hopefully we don't have as many injuries. Uh, things work out better from the jump and we'll be okay. When you miss the postseason, I do feel like there is more evaluation that goes on and there's less excuses or reasons as to why things didn't work. It really just comes down to, all right, this didn't work. We have to change things. And so we saw Sonny Dykes be aggressive and go get a new defense coordinator. We have seen him be really aggressive on the recruiting trail so far. Um, and so I think that can be a positive of missing out on the postseason is it, it forces you to kind of look in the mirror and say, okay, we got to make some decisions. We've got to make some things happen because we can't continue to just run on this hamster wheel of mediocrity. In the high school ranks, TCU picked up uh, Devin Rigo, a safety from Franklin, Texas. If you're not familiar with Franklin, they were one of the premier uh, high school football programs at the 3A level. Actually just uh, lost the state championship game to Malakoff, but they won a, f- a few state titles in a row. A really great program down there in sort of East Texas, still kind of close to Central Texas as well. Um, but Devin was originally a Wyoming commit. He's got offers from Iowa State, Louisiana Tech, and others. Uh, three-star player according to 247 Sports. Six feet tall, 185 pounds. Also played some offense in the slot T system that Franklin runs. Uh, really physical safety, though. And I think he fits the mold of what Avalos wants to do well because he's actually played some corner, too. And so he's got coverage skills but can also come down in the box and make plays and run support and be somebody – who is effective at all levels of the defense. Uh, but they flipped Devin from Wyoming. Seems like a good pickup. And I would think, barring some sort of last-minute change, that might wrap up your 2024 class from a high school perspective. Still a lot going on in the transfer ranks. Um, maybe you get one more. But it, it, signing day is Wednesday. So I just believe this was kind of the last push and Devin took a late visit. He was there with all the transfers this weekend because his season, his high school football season went so late in the year. But good for him. Chance to stay closer to home and family can go to all the games. That's all good stuff. Uh, they land Devin Rigo from Franklin, safety three-star player according to 247 Sports. Uh, before we go, I do want to give a hand clap to Micah Peavy and TCU basketball. They bounce back and they knock off Arizona State 79-59. Frogs played horribly in the first half of this football game. Really, really, or basketball game, really struggled, but bounced back nicely. And Micah Peavy had a triple-double, 13 points, 10 assists, 12 rebounds. He has totally transformed his game. He has gone from a guy who is basically just a plus defender to someone who can be super effective on offense and not just as a spot-up shooter, as someone who can take it on the bounce and go to the rack or use that dribble penetration to kick it out to different players and get assists. Um, that game was at Dickey's Arena. And TCU was actually, they go down by one, like kind of midway through the second half. And uh, an Arizona State player on the bench was chirping. He got he gets teed up. And then a few seconds later, they give a technical foul to Bobby Hurley, the head coach. And it was such a boneheaded move by Hurley. 
because those two technicals in a row gave Emmanuel Miller four free throws. So he hits those four free throws, and all of a sudden, TCU's up by three. They go from down by one to up by three. Then coming out of that, uh, after those free throws, they come out in a set, and they hit a three-pointer. And suddenly, they're up by six. And then they get a missed shot and a fast-break opportunity, and now all of a sudden, they're up by eight. And they really just ran away from there. But a nice win from Jamie Dixon and company as TCU bounces back and gets victory against Arizona State, 79-59. They are now 8-1 and one on the season. That'll do it for Lockdown Horn Frogs today. We'll have plenty of coverage, though, throughout the week of all these new players. A lot happening in the TCU football world. We'll try to cover it here. Lockdown Horn Frogs, again, it's your team every day. Thanks for joining the live stream tonight or watching or listening, whatever it is that you do.